I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Good morning, Rush Nation. It's a weekend pod. Yes, this was going to be out earlier, but I wanted to wait a little bit longer just to collate some more information due to the late week. And then also on top of that, um, just make sure we have enough time to edit this and do this properly. I'm going to drop this in, in two pods um, but I'm going to do most of the games in this pod. Um, normally, I do the late slate it, or the Sunday games in the second pod. I'm going to do it in this pod as well. Um, and then just do the final four games in, in the next pod. Uh, I'd like to break it up. It's a lot of information to take in, in one go. Um, but I wanted to get the late games in because there's only two. kind of made sense to wrap up early late games on on Sunday and then Sunday night football and then, and then Monday football because yeah, we've got... Uh, four games to, uh, to to go through. So starting off with Chicago at Carolina. Carolina favorites here by two and a half points over under set 44. Um, there's some interesting things coming out of this game. Um, as I said last week, I'll start adding a few more stats into this. So um, for me, there's uh, sort of four starters, well, three starters I'd have in fantasy in each side. And then depending on how this we are, QB, maybe a fourth. Um, I'll start with Chicago first. Now, Alan Robinson is, is definitely a wide receiver one uh, this week. Carolina's defense isn't that great. Hasn't been stopping uh, the run or the pass particularly well. Um, and Alan Robinson here is a wide receiver nine on the season. He has a target share of 29%, which is 
huge um elite numbers he's starting to to put up um especially with how bad the quarterback play is and as that continues to improve under false those numbers should continue to rise as well so definitely start alan robinson this week it's a great match for him david montgomery i've put as a, an rb2 he is uh rb19 on the season so far he's just a bit of a plotter he's never going to give you a massive ceiling but he got a pretty safe floor and with the state of play at running back right now with you know, left bell with all the injuries and everything else, you know, RB19 is fine. Like it, it's going to do you well as an RB2. And you, hopefully if you drafted uh, Montgomery in the fifth round, that's kind of where you've been playing or hoping that Montgomery would deliver for you. So he's delivered what you would expect. He's not going to deliver much more than that, but he shouldn't deliver you any less than that as well. And I like the matchup this week. I think it's pretty good for him just to continue to smash that, especially as he's got no competition either. Uh, Jimmy Graham, I've got on the fringe of the Titan 1, Titan 2 conversation. He is actually the Titan 7 on the year, uh, despite only having a 14% target share, which is kind of a a lot of those players at that sort of fringe top 15, top 20 players have a 13, 14% target range. It's very, your target percentage is very little to split them at that stage. So, but I do like him to score in the end zone. He's been getting in the end zone regularly, which is what's elevated him to, to tight end seven uh, on the season. Moving over to Carolina, Robbie Anderson at the moment is playing like a, an alpha receiver. And he's definitely been one of the misses of most draft analysts uh, and fancy football analysts this this season, um, he's commanding a 28% target share right now, and he is a wide receiver one. I've got him as sort of a fringe wide receiver one, wide receiver two this week, but he's the wide receiver seven on the season and has usurped um, DJ Moore in that role as a result. DJ Moore, I've got as a fringe wide receiver two, wide receiver three. He's just not delivering the numbers we'd expect. They're still pretty good. Like you're still, with where you've drafted him, you'd be probably slightly disappointed, but not overly. I don't think he's killed you in a sense of if you took him in the fifth or sixth round i don't think he's delivering numbers that are uh, absolutely terrible and i expect that breakout to come he's getting some more usage so yeah i i'd expect that to to happen so um he's a you know fringe wide receiver two wide receiver three you'd probably be starting him in most cases unless you've obviously got better players uh to pick from and then mike davis the story of the season he's the running back seven overall on the season and um he has been absolutely brilliant doesn't look likely that McCaffrey's going to go this week so i think you've got at least one more week of mike davis if you've picked him up he's also getting 19 percent of the targets which is incredible so highly usable um as for the qbs i wouldn't start either desperation play i'd probably start uh, teddy who was the qb 14 over Foles. uh but to be honest i think there's better options uh, elsewhere that you could even stream moving on to detroit who are one and a half point favorites uh over jacksonville and over under a 54 and a half uh, lots to pick out here uh, in terms of players you could start with Detroit and you've got Kenny Golladay, who's been putting up 16.95 points per game since he's been returning and is an easy wide receiver one this week. Um, you've got Marvin Jones as a fringe play, maybe a flex play, but wide receiver three at best sort of play. He's only been putting up just under eight points per game um, with only 14% of the target share. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is a fringe tight end one this week. I think I'd stick him in there. I think this is a good matchup for him against Jacksonville. And you expect him to go off. Um, but he's sitting at the tight end 13 of the year, 15% target share. It looks like it's a pretty good spot for him to improve on those numbers, and maybe get more involved. And then Stafford. Stafford's been really disappointing this season, but he showed some signs of life before the bye. 
Um, QB 22 on the year. He is averaging 20.8 points per game. So again, not bad. I mean, there's very little difference between the QB 14 and the QB 28. So there's not a lot of difference in there. So um, I've got him on the fringe of the QB1 conversation this week. I think, again, this is a really good spot against that suspect uh, Jacksonville defense. As for Jacksonville, you can start James Robinson as a running back too. He's been putting up 17.68 PPR points per game. He's actually the RB8 on the season. But I think this is, although I don't think it's a massive uh, D, the the. Detroit D, but I still think that Jackson will be playing from behind in this game and just the game script is going to go slightly against him. And they have so many weapons to throw to in the air uh, that he's just going to be spreading that time. Minchie, you can put in the, the same bracket as Stafford. He's actually been playing as the QB 11 on the season, uh, 22.53 points per game. And I really like uh, Minchu on par with Stafford this week. So uh, expect him to put up some some pretty good numbers. And then we've got his wide receiver core. His wide receiver core is LaVisca Chanel, Keelan Cole, and DJ Chark. And they kind of all going in different directions. Uh, LaVisca Chanel is the man on, on the way up. 15% target share, 12.26 uh, points per game. He's definitely the one that's getting more and more usage. And he's eating into DJ Chark's usage where he's only 14% target share. He is getting more points, Chark, and I, I've got them both as wide receiver twos. You can kind of flip-flop where they are, you know, as to which one's your preference. But, you know, at the end of the day, LaVisca is becoming more and more uh, eligible in his own right. And and Chark is someone who is is not, you know, he's trending in the wrong direction slightly a little bit. Keevan Cole is a good wide receiver three, wide receiver four fringe play. And Desperation Deeper Leagues, he's definitely one to consider. He's getting 12.22 points per game so and again that 15% target share and these guys are very difficult to split on the season Chenault's the wide receiver 28 Cole's the wide receiver 29 Chark's the wide receiver 32 and he's missed a little bit of time in there so ultimately things are trending up for LaVisca they're trending slightly down for Chark and if you took him in that fifth round you'd be a little bit disappointed with what you've had so far now as for Atlanta at Minnesota Minnesota favorites here by three and a half points from over under 54 it's a point where really you have to start considering if you want to start Matt Ryan. First few games, he put up some massive points. They're now not looking so good. This is a good matchup on paper. It should work out really nicely for him. So this should be a matchup that should work pretty well. And if he doesn't perform in here, you're starting to question that. So you're keeping him going forward. Um, but he, you know, for me, he he can start unless you have got better options um, out there. Um, I've got Curly as a running back two this week. Uh, he's actually only playing on, uh, he's only getting 61% of the team's rushing attempts. What's saving him is the touchdown column. At some point that might regress, but he is definitely getting the touchdowns to justify his usage and keep him in an RB2 conversation. He's actually an RB1 on the year in PPR, but I don't expect that to sustain. Um, then you've got Julio Jones. We're not sure if he's going to go. Um, if he does, I've got him as a wide receiver too, but definitely check that status before you go. Calvin Ridley, I've got as a fringe RB1 this week. He's getting a huge 25% of the, the targets. So elite status for him. And he is the wide receiver three overall. Uh, Russell Gage, if Julio Johnson doesn't go, I expect him to get more usage than he did on Monday Night Football when they lost. Um, he's getting 16% of the share right now. He's the wide receiver 42 on the season, but he's also been banged up, left games, etc. So uh, Gage is, is going to be that wide receiver three play uh, with some upside if Jones doesn't go. And then... I've actually got Hurst as a sit this week. Um, I think he's a tight end too, potentially. He's just not really getting the job done. 
not getting in the end zone. I think there's better plays this week, so I would sit him. Um, Cousins, I don't think this is a bad start for him, but I don't think it's an amazing start. Super flex start, not a, a 12-team QB, uh, one QB start. Matterson is a plug-and-play running back one. He'll be a top six running back this week. doesn't matter whether it's Cook or Matterson. Both of them are going to be getting the same sort of volume. Phelan is the wide receiver two overall. I fully expect him to uh, be a wide receiver one this week. He's getting probably the largest target share of any wide receiver. He's getting 33% of the targets right now, which is absolutely huge. Jefferson, I think, is a low-end wide receiver two this week. It's a perfect matchup. Atlanta just giving up points galore. And then Irv Smith. He played on almost 90% of the snaps in week four. I still think, unless you're desperate, um, he's probably not a bad streaming option, but I think there are better out there personally. So... Uh, he could have a good week, but I wouldn't lock it in and say that he is. Uh, Houston versus Tennessee. Tennessee favored by three and a half points with the over-under set of 53. Pretty simple. Both these teams are very narrow. Watson is a QB1 this week. And you've got David Johnson who's an RB2. He's actually the RB24 on the season. And then you've got Fuller and Cooks. They're both wide receiver threes. I sort of written off Brandon Cooks and took the L on that. And then actually last week he came to party with a huge day. But both of these will eat into each other's effectiveness. And uh, I think as a result, uh, you know, they're both sort of wide receiver threes for this week, for sure, especially against uh, the Tennessee line. I don't think they're going to get quite as much flavor as they did last week. And then I've got Darren Fells as my tight end streamer of the week. Um, if Aikens doesn't go and he's questionable, then I would expect Aik- uh, I would expect Fells to get into the end zone and fall in at that low end tight end one range. As for Tennessee, You've got Tannehill. Tannehill is easily a QB1 the way he's performing, as we saw on Tuesday night against the Bills. He's definitely a guy you should be starting in a lot of cases. Derek Henry's a running back one. You can run on Houston pretty easily, and he should get a lot of work here and hopefully just find the end zone because he's not done that more than once this season. Uh, AJ Brown is uh, still slightly questionable, I believe. Uh, he's got a massive 25% target share. Had a great game on Tuesday. Still dealing with a slight injury, but definitely on the fringe of the wide receiver one, wide receiver two conversation. Adam Humphreys is a guy you could probably pick up off waivers as a wide receiver three option. He's got a nice 21% target share, not in a high volume offense, but he's a usable asset out of the slot and think he's someone that will develop and uh, deliver for you some good safe points this week. Johnny Smith is tight in four in a season, 22% target share. He's got a great position and one that will only continue to rise. So he's a must start every single week in, in, in fantasy football. Moving on to Washington, the Giants. Um, Giants are favorite here and they've run to set 43. Not many players to talk about here. Gibson, I think this is the come out party for Gibson that we've all been waiting for. I think this is a good opportunity for him for smash. But even though I've still got him as a RB2, I've got him on the higher end of the RB2 numbers. But it wouldn't shock me if he was an RB1 this week. McLaurin. Uh, is a wide receiver too until further notice. He's going to get work. He's going to have a pretty safe number. However, he's still going to struggle a little bit when it comes to um, that ceiling, and that's purely down to quarterback play. And then I've got J.D. McKissick, if you're absolutely desperate, as a running back three play, purely on the volume of just the checkdowns he's going to get. He's going to get seven, eight targets a, a game. As for Freeman, Freeman, uh, you know, he's he's averaging 3.1 yards per carries, but he's getting 15 touches. He's a fringe Probably a running back three for me instead of a running back two. He'll be in that sort of 25 to 30 running back range this week. Uh, Slayton for me is probably the only guy I would start this week from this uh, Giants offense. And uh, Slayton's got at least a 23% target share, but I've got him at a low end wide receiver too. 
got Tate as a very low end wide receiver three flex play, but I don't even love that, um, to be perfectly honest with you. Cleveland at, at Pittsburgh, over under set 51 here, uh, Pittsburgh favorites. Um, this is going to be an interesting game. People saying they should sit. Hunt, I think just with the volume alone, I think he propels himself into a low-end RB1 situation this week. Dionis Johnson is still someone I think could get some impact, especially he gets good yardage. I mean, he's getting six yards per carry. And yes, okay, some of that's skewed from some big runs like last week. But still, he's still someone that's getting those big plays and you can rely on. And I think he's someone that if he gets hot, as we saw when Nick Chubb uh, left the game a couple of weeks ago, he's someone that he could be involved. So I've got him in sort of that fringe wide uh, running back three range and someone that if you're desperate uh, with the Lev Bell news or any injury news, I'd pick him up and just see uh, what happens. You've got to go in there with the expectation he only gets five uh, fantasy points, but he could excel. And if you're desperate in your matchup, that's why you've got to plug him in. Um, OBJ is the only wide receiver I want to start in Cleveland. I don't want to start Jarvis Landry this week. I don't think it's a good matchup for him. The numbers are just not trending in the right direction for him. And, you know, one TD, which he passed and he didn't get in the end zone on. I wrote this in the start sets column. Just don't think he's a good start this week um, against that Pittsburgh defense. But OBJ, I've got for right now, is a low end wide receiver too purely on the defense he's facing. And the fact that Baker Mayfield is, is banged up as well, but he's getting a massive 27% target share. So that should keep his floor pretty, relatively safe. As for Pittsburgh, you could start Roethlisberger. I think he's a fine start. He's that fringe QB1, QB2. You know, he's averaging 22.75 points per game. Would expect him to get a very similar number sort of this week. Connor, Mr. RB2, similar to Montgomery. Low ceiling, high floor. Yeah, I mean, with the volume, he'll be fine. Um, as for this wide receiver core, it's all kind of got a bit muddled now. We chase Claypool. Don't expect him to have the same week he did last week. I mean, he only started his first game that week and Deontay Johnson left the game early. We don't know the status of Deontay Johnson, so check that because that's going to change it. If it's a three, then it's going to be a bit muddled. Um, I like Juju Smith-Schuster. He, for me, is now in the conversation of do you start or sit him every week? Um, but this week's a must start. Cleveland have given up the most points to slot receivers for fantasy football all season. So Juju, I think, should have a very nice week, but I do have him in the wide receiver two range. Um, I've got Chase Paul, uh, Chase Claypool as a wide receiver three, and Deontay Johnson as that three, four. I just think out of the three, he probably, because he's banged up, he might not go, or he might just be a little bit lower down the pecking order. Don't think you need to start either tight end if you're desperate. I'd rather have Ebron over um, Harrison Bryan and uh, Austin Hooper, who just really aren't doing all that much in that Cleveland offense. Although things are trending up from a snap percentage for Austin Hooper and, and routes run, but uh, he still needs a little bit more, I think, before you can consider him a start in fantasy football. But I think it will come by the end of the season for sure. Baltimore favored by seven against Philadelphia. Uh, over under set at 47 and a half. You've got Jackson. He's uh, a QB one, even though he's actually only the QB 13 on the season, but I think he's going to rush more than he did last week, which was, I think, his lowest rushing performance in his career. Uh, Ingram is at best of white, uh, running back three, but I think you can fade everyone. Dobbins is not trending in the right direction, uh, and there's no upside to taking Ingram. It's just a very, very safe floor. And you've got Marquise Brown, I've got as a wide receiver two this week because you can attack those Philadelphia cornerbacks. Um, he's currently the wide receiver 30 on the season. And then Mark Andrews is a must-start tight end every week. He's tight end three on the season. I think he's a solid uh, bet to be three or four this week at all. Moving on to Philadelphia, you can't start Carson Wentz. Just not. 
uh, not against his D off of what we saw with Joe Burrow last week. So instead, um, you've got Miles Sanders, who is an RB2. He's been the RB15 pretty consistent in that range. Um, that's about where I have him this week as well. I think Travis Fulgham can fall into that wide receiver two conversation, the very low end. He had a monster game last week, and found the end zone each of the last two weeks. Wouldn't shock me if he got there again this week. Um, Greg Ward's at best a wide receiver three, fringe wide receiver four. Um, he's got a nice sort of target share. There's no one really competing for targets there. And Zacherts is a low end Titan one. Never thought I'd be saying that, but He's only averaging 8.5 PPR points a game. And that's something to to be conscious of if you are going to start him. If you've got better options, then definitely start him. But I doubt you probably do because you took him to be your high-end tight end. Moving next to Cincinnati at Indianapolis. Uh, Indianapolis favored by 7.5 points over and under set 46.5. There's only a few players to talk about in this game. Joe Mixon finding back two uh, this week. Um, yeah, he started to get more and more involved. Just think against that indie defense, they will stuff the run and stuff the box and Burrows and uh, I can't consider a start, especially after last week and against another high-end defense. Uh, Tyler Boyd is the guy, probably the only one from Cincinnati I'd ever be interested in starting other than Mixon. Um, he's a wide receiver to 20% target share, wide receiver 18 in the season. And that's about where he is. He's going to be in that 14 to, to 24 range for wide receivers this week. And then if you're really desperate, T Higgins, but I don't think this is the week for him against those indie cornerbacks. And AJ Green is officially dead in fantasy football, really. He's just not going to do anything going forward. As for Indianapolis, you can't start Rivers. He's just not been reliable enough. It wouldn't even surprise me if he got benched in this game. Uh, Taylor running back one. I think Taylor's got uh, low-end RB1 numbers this week against that Cincy defense, which is much improved, as I sort of said, in week one. But I still think he can get numbers and they'll try and control the game through the run. As I mentioned, when I was talking about T.Y. Hilton, who is actually only the wide receiver 60 on the season, um, I would put him in the wide receiver three range and not someone I'm overly eager to start. He had his best week of the season last week. He's still only got 80-odd yards and a few targets and not finding the end zone. So I don't like the wide receivers in this game at all. Instead, um, Taylor Burton is, or, is, or Trey Burton is the only tight end I'm interested in. And that is, you know, if I've got him on the fringe, tight end one, tight end two conversation, 80% target share when he has been playing. Um, I think it's a comeback game for him and think he's going to ship some targets. So uh, I like Trey Burton as a streamer option this week if you're desperate for tight ends. The ultimate game we're going to talk about in this podcast is Green Bay at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay surprisingly favourites by two and a half points uh, over under set of 56. And both of these teams are very narrow. You can start with Rodgers, QB1. Aaron Jones is a running back one for me this week. He's a running back four overall. Very efficient with the numbers. You know, he's on the field. He's going to be getting all the action. Check the status of Devontae Adams. We think he's back this week. If he is, I think he'd be a wide receiver one. Uh, but maybe towards the low end, I think he can outmuscle the cornerbacks here, uh, especially with their inexperience, and they are susceptible to giving up big plays, especially pass interference plays, and that could lead to Adams getting in the end zone uh, one or two times on Sunday. And then also MVS is the other wide receiver to consider. Devontae Adams doesn't start. He's a wide receiver two. If he does start, I think he's a wide receiver three. I think he'd be involved. Um, Secondary coverage for Tampa is a bit of a concern. Um, so they can maybe can keep one tight end quiet, uh, wide receiver quiet. I don't think they can keep two wide receivers quiet. So if they do decide to shift attention onto Adams, 
um, and double up on him, then MVS could run wild. That's for sure. Uh, Robert Tonyan, I think, is the Titan one this week. Massive breakout game before the bye with three TDs. He's actually the Titan five on the season, which is mostly because of the touchdowns he's got. I think he could find the end zone in this game, no problem at all. As for Tampa, you've got to start Brady. I think he's a QB1 this week because I think they probably play from behind for bits of this. Plus, he's got Godwin and Evans back, who, for me, both are wide receiver twos because I think they'll both uh, will get... Well, I think Godwin will get volume and I think Evans will continue to find the end zone as he has done in most games this season. Um, and I think he'll be used as the red zone uh, threat. And then you've got Rojo, who've actually got in that running back two, running back three conversation. He's been very efficient in terms of his running uh, catching is to be desired. And if he drops any more balls, he, he could be dropped check on the status of Fournette for that, but wouldn't surprise me if they continue to lead with Rojo and continue to add the volume of those touches and get everything ready for him. So RB two, RB three wouldn't shock me at all. If he found that RB two conversation. So they're the place to watch. Don't start a tight end for Tampa there. You know, Cameron break might find the end zone, but he's not going to get a lot of volume and Gronk looks, doesn't look anything like the Gronk that we've ever known to produce. Final game to go through on this is the uh, New York Jets versus Miami. Miami favored by nine. When was the last time that happened? The Miami were favorites by nine in the game. Um, over on the set of 47. Jets is really simple. It's Jameson Crowder. Now, he's a wide receiver 24, but he's only played three games this season. And actually, his points per game rank is second overall wide receiver. And, and that's because he's averaging seven targets for 100 yards and and uh, one touchdown in each of the three games he's played. That's what he's produced. So great stat line. You're definitely playing him, especially in PPR. Miami, start everyone. You can start everyone in this game. Jets are terrible. Worst uh, defense in the NFL. Not playing with a lead. Uh, Fitz, I think, will have a pretty good game. He's a QB1. He's my streamer start of the week. He's actually a QB7 overall, and he's the QB3 since he actually got his job back from Josh Rosen last season. So quite impressive from what Fitz has been doing on this run as of late. Miles Gaskins is a solid low-end RB2. RB17 in the year. It's nothing flashy. You might find the end zone. They might use him for some touches to control the game a little bit. I think Devontae Parker's a wide receiver too. Could be on the fringe of that wide receiver for one conversation if he gets the volume. But I think they dominate so much. I think they just put keep the ball on the ground. So I think it's a great game for, for Parker to exploit. But I also wouldn't be surprised if he finished around about the wide receiver 20 and then they just took the gas off a little bit. Williams, I think, is a wide receiver three playing this week. Uh, I think he's going to get some solid touches um, and solid opportunities to catch. It's just about how much he gets, which is why I put him in the wide receiver three range because I think the game script will probably goes slightly against what will allow him to go much higher. And then Gizuki's a tight end one. He's actually a tight end six on the year. He's almost in that conversation of where you can start him every week, but he does have a couple of up and down games. The last four games on the slate, just to take you through the last few players who you should be considering uh, for your start sits, um, I would say that all of these players I'd be putting in your flex uh, spots where possible, uh, given the fact that any of these games could be uh, off or, or on at any point, and also any last-minute injuries just to give you the maximum visibility to potentially pick up somebody or to, to make the changes uh, as I would normally recommend. All later games should go in your flexes anyway. So following on from that advice, um, got here in this one, LA at San Francisco. San Francisco favoured by three, um, over under set 51 and a half. Goff, I don't think, is the best play this week, given the fact that San Francisco still have an elite 
uh, defense, despite the fact that they did ship a load of points to Miami last week. But I do think they can make plays, and we all know Goff has propensity to turn the ball over. So uh, I seem to have a lot of stackings of uh, Goff and Tannehill, um, and I'd rather be playing Tannehill this week. So that's the kind of um, sort of matchup uh, I'd be leaving. But you can start Goff like he's not going to cost you a week, I don't think. But yeah, I think there are other options favorable, but he is startable, I suppose. Um, the running back situation in LA is very muddled. Um, Akers came on and looked great last week. Henderson's going to be the lead back and he got in the end zone. Ultimately, I put them both at the fringe of the running back two, running back three conversation. I think Henderson probably gets a little bit more touches. Um, feel confident, more confident about him potentially getting to be an RB2. But if you could fade both of these, you're in a good spot because I, I don't really know who's going to prevail. I guess Henderson leading at the advice and the touches and what's been going on. But Akers as well has lots of talent and he looked good last week. So it's a difficult situation. Um, and if you chose to sit them all, I would say that was probably the right decision. But if you had to start one and you had them both, I'd go Henderson. Um, I'm not so sure I'd start Akers this week unless desperate. Definitely starting Cup and Woods. I think this game suits uh, Cooper Cup slightly more than Robert Woods. Um, so I have Cup as an RB1 and Woods as an RB uh, running back, a wide receiver one. And I have Woods as a wide receiver two this week. So, um, but I think both are easily startable, of course. Uh, I think they'll do quite well. Higby's really gone off the boil the last couple of weeks to the point where he's almost not startable. Jared Everett seemed to get all the glory last week, but this could be the sort of game that they rely on Higby, given the D and getting the ball out quickly. So, I've got him at the fringe of the Titan one, Titan two this week. I wouldn't shock, wouldn't be shocked and surprised if you dropped him, um, left him on your bench. But I think he has some value this week, probably more than he did last week. That's for sure. As for San Francisco, it's a pretty narrow team right now. Jimmy Garoppolo got benched the last time out. Could happen again. I don't know, but either way, there's only a couple of players I'm interested in. Uh, Raheem Mostert is a running back two this week. I've got Samuel and Ayuk, both for sort of wide receiver threes. Samuel, I think, has slightly more upside, but he's still recovering from injury. So hopefully he's getting more and more work getting up to that wide receiver two range that we sort of all drafted him in. And then Kittle, of course, you have to start every week as a tight end one. But that's all I'm interested in for, for fantasy, for player-wise. Definitely not starting Garoppolo anywhere at all. Um, moving on to Denver against New England. New England favoured by nine and a half points over under set 45. And again, similar story for Denver. There's just not many players I'm overly eager on. Fan, if fit, is the most attractive play. And I think he could be a Titan one if he is fit and healthy. But you need to check and make sure that he is um, it's sort of trending that is questionable and he might not go. So uh, we'll see what happens over the next, uh, the next sort of 24 hours or so. And then Judy and Patrick, for me, I have as wide receiver threes. A lot of this depends on who starts. We think Drew Locke's going to start, which means I think Jerry Judy will get more work and Patrick will become relevant. However, uh, if Ripian starts and they decide to rest Drew Locke, then I think Patrick probably gets a little bit more work, but Judy will also get work. So it's an interesting scenario. If Drew Locke starts, don't play Tim Patrick and just bank on Judy. Um, if Ripian starts... You could probably put them both in the same range. So uh, this one I've kind of leaving to rank until the last minute because that change of quarterback will determine who who is going to get more volume. Ripian, it will probably be Patrick. Um, and then with regards to Judy, who might get the Stefan Gilmore treatment as well. It's just not a great spot. If you can 
avoid both, then I would. And, you know, just have fat this week. New England's very, very narrow. If Newton plays, he's going to be a QB1 based on that rushing floor. I've got Harris as a running back two um, because there's not a lot of competition for him. And I've got White as a running back three because of the PPR upside and just maintaining the ball. And they'll want to just take over the possession. Uh, I think this could be quite a low scoring game. Um, You know, the under looks attractive here if you're a betting person. And I think they'll just try and control the game with, with clock. And then that means Edelman's a very low-end wide receiver two. Harry's sort of a mid-to-low-end wide receiver three as a result. I just don't think they put the ball in the air all that much. So um, not really loads of, you know, if I had my choice, I'd, I'd say really just Newton, uh, Harris, maybe Fant if he's fit. And that's really all I'd, I'd really want to start um, because I think Edelman could bust in this game, even though I haven't ranked as a low-end wide receiver two. It, there's a scenario where he doesn't score. So again, if you've got similar or better options, then go down that route. Kansas City are favoured by uh, five against Buffalo in the high-scoring game of the week, according to the lines at 57.5. Again, really simple. Mahomes, QB1. Bell probably won't go this weekend. He shouldn't go this weekend because he hasn't even officially signed as of yet of recording. And then got to clear the COVID protocols, etc. before you can sign. So he's not going to get a playbook in his hand. He's not going to dress this week when he plays for the Chiefs. So CEH, I still think, is a low-end RB1. It's all going to depend on whether he can get in the end zone um, because he's not really dominated those goal line touches. Um, I think he scored one from 10. Um, so not a great ratio so far. Um, Tyreek Hill is obviously going to be a wide receiver one. I like Hardman this play, uh, this week as a wide receiver three flex play. I think he gets more volume, especially now Watkins is out and he can break away with the yak as well. Um, and Kissel, uh, sorry, Kelsey as well, Titan one, easy, no problem at all. They're definitely uh, the sort of starts of the week. Buffalo's again quite thin. Allen, you have to start, even though it's the game. It could be similar to midweek where the Chiefs D surprise and perform, but Josh Allen will bring us pretty safe floor with the rushing as well. So uh, Josh Allen should be a QB one this week. Single tree all, all depends on what happens with Zach Moss. I think he's a low end RB two. If uh, at best, if if Moss doesn't play and everything kind of works out, but as we saw on Tuesday, he just won't get the usage if they're training behind massively, which you could expect. So um, I got him as low end RB two, basically just based on what he can do in a short space of time. But really, I think he could be an RB three, maybe even worse. So you know, if you can fade them, then that's definitely the way to go. I think this week. Diggs is a wide receiver one. He's been magnificent this season. I think he continues to get better. If John Brown plays, I think he's a, a wide receiver two. And Beasley will be a wide receiver four if Brown plays. He's a wide receiver three if Brown doesn't play. So check the status on John Brown before you go through that one. And the last one, you've got Arizona at Dallas. Uh, Dallas favored by three over an under set of 55. And this one's really interesting. I don't quite know how Dallas are. Oh, sorry, that's where the line opened, actually. Uh, Arizona are now favoured currently by one. So if you're going off off that, then I think that it's a really interesting game all round. But I think for me, I'd be looking at Murray, who I think put up a QB1. Drake hasn't really done it and think he's a sort of mid to low end RB2 just based on the the volume. And then Hopkins is a guy you can easily start. Um, If you're asking about Chris Kerr, and and though and now if it's Gerald, I think you're in a bit of trouble um, as it stands. So uh, I probably would not be risking them in this week. I think there are better options off the waiver wire. 
And I think there's better options you could select going forward. So I'd probably be fading, uh, fading those. And then when it comes to Dallas, we've obviously got Andy Dalton in. And people are worried about, is this going to dip the whole offense? No, because the, the D is so bad. Because <laughs> the D is so bad, your Dalton should be fine. He's proven he can be uh, a very good fantasy quarterback uh, before when he's had the right weapons. I think Dalton is someone that you, is on the fringe of the QB1, QB2 conversation this week, especially going against Arizona. Zeke is a must-start, of course. I've got Cooper and Lamb in that wide receiver two conversation. I've got Gallup in that wide receiver three, wide receiver four. Just worried he is the odd man out at the moment. He's not getting the snaps. He's not getting the volume uh, to sustain, especially with with Dalton. Uh, you know, I don't think he's... I think if you're going to say one person's going to be arrowed down with Dalton, it could be Gallup. Uh, he's having to produce some outrageous catches just to even be relevant at the moment. So I'd be sitting Gallup, I think, at least for another week. And Dalton Schultz is one I'm just not sure with With Andy Dalton. Is he going to get that volume? I'm not worried about the top guys at all. I'm more worried about these these fringe guys who rely on uh, several targets. Um, Dalton Schultz is all about if he finds the end zone. I personally don't think he does. Um, so I would I would leave him off. But obviously, if you're desperate at a position, he's one of the better bets to to land in the end zone than the likes of an Eric Ebron or uh, Chris Herndon or Logan Thomas. Um, if you, Mo Ali Cox, he's he's a slightly better bet than those guys. So I kind of got him in the mid tier. I think I've got him at like tight end seventeen this week. That's the kind of range. It's like him or Austin Hooper kind of scenario so you're punting it to see if he gets in the end zone it's the only way he's relevant if not then he, he's not going to be this week as he wasn't last week so something to consider uh, and Andy Dalton didn't target him when he came into the game uh, so yeah that, that's where I stand with him and that will do it told you this would be a short pod really really short just to cover those last four games any questions as always fire us up um, but let's get some wins in in week six um hopefully you did as well as I did in week five and pulled off a lot of wins about two thirds of my matchups wins which is uh very good for me um and if you're on fan tracks and you're still waiting to find out if you won on week six then give them a nudge because we're in a college league that are in fan tracks and it's awful <laughs> we don't know where we stand so um yeah hopefully fan tracks get those issues fixed but until next week rush nation keep rushing redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.